0: Welcome to the MS Dev Show, episode number 213. This week we talk with Pamela Cortez about her IoT Deep Dive series, the shady iPhone app Underground, fonts are in color now, and CSS is now Witchcraft.
1: Raygun gives you complete visibility on errors, crashes, and performance problems affecting your end users. Replicate issues in seconds rather than digging through log files or having to rely on users to report errors or crashes. Raygun gives you a window into how users are really experiencing your software applications. Check it out today at raygun.com.
0: This week, we have Pamela Cortez, Senior PM on the Azure IoT team at Microsoft. How's it going, Pam?
2: Hey, guys. Going great. Great.
0: Yeah. So I, I just want to mention something like you, you are like a super geek because (laughs) I, you know, we were talking one time and then you were talking about, you had, I don't know what, it's like a storage unit, but you have like a workshop, uh, with like all these, these different electronics and gear. And that is super awesome.
2: Yes. Yes. I, uh, since I live in a city, I purposely (laughs) choose to live in a really, really small place. That way I can rent out garage space. (laughs) Just So I have a place for my tools, I can build robots, uh, do all my maker projects, uh, and then also teach there as well.
0: Oh, that is is super cool. Awesome. And Carl,
1: stickers. Yeah, we got a whole bunch more made up. Mm -hmm. And uh, what's cool about these is is, uh, I had found, and you can look at my Twitter history, that there is a standard for stickers now that are hexagonal. And the cool thing about them is there's a lot more people making these hex stickers and they kind of fit together just perfectly on your laptop. So you can have a lot of stickers together, kind of like make your own wallpaper and where they don't overlap, but there's no gaps. Right. So we uh, actually made ours to the spec and uh, I'm encouraging a a lot of other podcasts and uh, technical projects out there to uh, start following this. Spec. So as you start going out to conferences and stuff, you can grab them up and kind of put them alongside uh, uh, our stickers and just have them line up perfectly. Um, and also, I know, Jason, that we loosely talked about this, uh, but I'm going to commit us to this on air. Uh, oh, well. <laughs> if if you email us at feedback at com and put stickers in the uh, subject line and put your address in the body, uh, we'll mail you out. Some stickers. I call not it.
2: Oh, I'm, I'm uh, definitely going <laughs> to set up fake emails and, uh, Pam, <laughs> get all like, the stickers.
1: Pam, <laughs> Pam <laughs> sorry, you sorry. can already get stickers from us. <laughs> yeah.
2: That's yeah. true. That's yeah. True. Like,
0: like we come out there all the time. We'll just give you a ton of them. So, uh, if you want stickers, uh, Email Pam Cortez Microsoft. Like <laughs> Pamela Cortez.
2: Yeah. No do Pam Cortez. Oh. You won't find me. Oh. Is that
0: somebody else or is that just nobody?
2: I'm pretty sure that's someone else.
0: Oh man, yeah. It's just like the Jason Young that works in like retail. And I always get like these uh, weird spreadsheets every once in a while for that dude. So
1: and you did get invited to the Super Bowl.
0: <laughs> I did. I did. Did I mention that on the show? No. Um, it was that was just hilarious. I had I got some email and it's like, hey, you know, this is for this Super Bowl Super Bowl thing, and I don't know. I I don't really know much more, but I probably can't say anymore either. But like you know, I, I basically got invited to the Super Bowl, and I was like, um, you know, I I said I'm I think you have the wrong person. Uh, but I really like you guys, so I will come along. <laughs> and, uh, I don't know. They did not have the same sense of humor I did. And, uh, I was not invited.
2: <laughs> oh, you were doing them a favor.
0: <laughs> yeah. But no, Pam, next time we're, uh, out in, uh, out in the Seattle Redmond area, we'll bring you a ton of stickers. And we also have some things in the works where we're basically, you know, we're, we're trying to trade stickers with a lot of other people, especially with these new Hex ones, which look really clean, by the way, um, being able to put these things together. You don't, your laptop doesn't have to look like this huge mess of stickers on the back. So, you know, we're I think it promotes more sticker exchanges where you can basically go uh, to one person, um, you know, who's get, handing out stickers and get a whole pile of different stickers, which is pretty cool. Okay, enough sticker talk. Uh, Comment of the week, Carl.
1: Yes. uh, I'm going to have two because they're both really quick. So uh, Dave Follett uh, reached out to me and said he really enjoyed the MS Dev Show episode that had Joe Zach on, uh, talking about Jamstack. Mm -hmm. So uh, we really like your comment. That was a good one. And also uh, Santosh Hari reached out to us on Twitter and said, uh, keep your intro tune. Don't overthink it. So I, I think people, well, uh, Pam. Just so, so you know, uh, Jason was thinking about shortening the intro, especially the part in the beginning that is a little bit more, uh, you know, uh, different than the rest. Mm-hmm. And yeah. to me, I think uh, that's kind of you know part of our brand. So I I, I didn't want that gone. And. A- Brought it up on the episode, and apparently uh, a few other people like it as is as well. Yeah, unfortunately, I already
0: overthought it. I, we're not changing it, but what you know, one of the issues that our intro theme has that that Overcast listeners will will realize is that you know, so Overcast removes uh, one of the features is it'll remove silence, and our our theme song, if you look at the waveform, actually has uh you know sort of microscopic pieces of silence in it and they oh, no. end up getting removed and it just mangles the the intro song so um there's probably people listening like oh that's why it sounds so weird uh yeah, yeah. so well, you
2: can maybe you can enter yeah. some uh low sounds or something where the silence is
0: yeah, maybe maybe some bass or something that would yeah. be kind of cool. Yeah, maybe I can fix that cuz I don't think there's any way to to fix it in Overcast, so we we just sort of uh we just sort of deal with it. But if you're in Overcast, just turn off that feature for our podcast. You can turn it off on a podcast by podcast basis. I actually remove silence from all our episodes anyway, so there's no need to use that feature on ours. It doesn't save anything. Anyway, That was probably way more depth than anybody cared to hear about. We cared. Yeah.
1: (laughs) (laughs) The two people on this call cared. So everybody else must suffer. All right. All right. If you want to get mentioned on the show, like uh, Dave and Santosh, send us an email to feedback at msdevshow.com. That's also the place to ask for stickers. Also comment on our website or Twitter. We especially love those five-star iTunes reviews. Mm-hmm. So let's jump into the
0: news. So the first one we have here is the state of CSS. You just All want. Right. To- so is this just a,
1: a survey, Carl? Yeah. So, so it's a survey, but I got some comments on the survey. So this survey is put on by the same people that do the state of JavaScript. And I, I took this survey. So first of all, if you if you're into CSS, uh, you want to give some feedback on it. Let us let them know who you know what the latest and greatest in, in your opinion is. Go ahead, uh, go to the show notes and take the link there. But as I went through and took this survey, I realized even though I knew I wasn't up to speed on a lot of what's going on in CSS, I think CSS kind of like blew right by me on the highway while I'm kind of hitchhiking. Mm-hmm and wow and as kind of a an, an addendum to that at right about the same time I found this survey I also found this uh code pen of somebody doing a a still picture of lemons and water and in a glass of water and the crazy thing about this is it's got like reflections in the glass of like a window and and the lemon itself is like in there multiple times and it's like wow that yeah. is just did you see this amazing one, art
2: Yes, it's crazy, you know, not to date myself, but I was using CSS 15 years ago when I was making, <laughs> making websites as a, a full-time job. And it's just crazy where it's, it's, came. Um, I just was remembering trying to do basic things where it didn't look like, uh, craziness on a different browser because that was the biggest uh-huh. thing is that it looked different in every browser. Uh, and so it's it's crazy to see where it came. But this is awesome. I really recommend people checking out this uh, this demo.
0: So you had me but- wondering how old CSS was. It's
1: 22 years old. Yeah. How crazy is that? And you were talking about like how crazy it used to be on like getting things to look similar in different browsers. Well, what I find funny on here is if you look at this code pen, it says probably doesn't work on Edge. Well, I actually brought it up in Edge and Chrome. I mean it looks identical. Yeah. So That's amazing. Yeah, so he put like no effort into it and it's working cross browser. Well, and as we know,
0: Edge is gonna switch to the Chromium engine. So Yeah. Yeah. Even if it didn't work. That will solve that. Yeah, it will. Um What's interesting about this? Did you did you mess with the CSS at all?
1: Oh yes, yes I did.
0: Yeah, so I've been trying to figure out like, you know, different things in there. What what amazes me is like how I don't know how you create this, but this thing is like so precise that if you just change like some of these values, um, like the ring at the top of the glass, like it, it starts, the illusion starts to go away a little bit. Cause if, if you look at, and you have, to, everybody will have to go look at the show notes so they can see the picture. Um, well, it's not a picture, like it's, <laughs> it's CSS, but like at the top of the glass, like the the rim is like an oval and you can start to change like the height and width of that thing. And. Um I saw some people online who added motion so that the lemon was like flying around the glass and um, Oh my
2: gosh that's crazy.
0: It's I it, I was in such disbelief <laughs> that this was actually um CSS and not a photo. But you can go in there and tweak any value. I have not figured out how to modify like the windows in the back. I don't know if you found that if either of you figured that out but anyway, it's really wild. I I don't know how you go about doing something like this. <laughs> this is this is a work of love for sure. Um. Okay. This illicit iPhone app store has been hiding in plain sight.
1: Yeah. So I, I thought this was interesting because we had recently talked about how Facebook and Google had gotten in trouble recently for exploiting their enterprise certificates uh, to, you know, publish uh, their software outside of their company. And uh, this technique has been uh, apparently been pretty widespread use. There's a uh, somebody. Allowing you through this enterprise certificate to have another app store as an app that has like a bunch of knockoff apps, so they apparently had like uh, Nintendo applications, uh, some things that were only available on other platforms, uh, you know, available uh, for you to just kind of download if you knew about it. Mm-hmm. So, uh, you know, you know, it's it's amazing that you know you can use you know this you know, techniques like this to really get around uh, some of the policies and how some of those policies aren't as automated as you think they might be. There's uh, definitely a lot of, you know, hands-on vetting that needs to be done to make sure that people aren't violating some of these rules.
0: Yeah, I was just looking for the app. So you have to, so the, the Verge linked to the Twitter account and the Twitter account has a pin tweet that says that you have to follow the video on YouTube to get it. So I don't know if it's in, this is crazy. Yeah. Like, I don't even know how you find this stupid
1: thing, but like, would you trust this car? Like, <laughs> Oh, no, I, I, I have a hard time trusting Yeah, a, a lot of software, especially things that are on my phone that have access to my GPS location, just all sorts of sensors on there. Yeah, I mean, yeah. like, I mean, I, I use like my health app to keep track of, you know, you know, my weight and my blood pressure and like, you know, all the things, you know, I try to use as much of that as possible. Like if people have, you know, like, you know, a few years history of, you know, what my health thing is, you know, who knows how they could be using that or selling that to, you know, either push ads or content towards me or, or who knows what, Yeah. you know, that gets really scary really quick. So, and in fact, that's one of the reasons why I even stay on iOS, you know, just Android itself is really uncertain where some of, uh, the apps in the sanctioned store, uh, are even coming from much less in a side-loaded store.
0: Yeah. They're certainly more prone to it. Right. i there's been yeah. more stories there. Like uh, the iOS app store. Isn't like a, isn't like an ironclad guarantee that it's perfect, but to your point, it is pretty good. So I think I found the app. I think it's www.22app.vip slash iOS <laughs> piece of cake. Uh, so I, I followed the, I, I had to like solve three math problems and like follow a video. And anyway, so I did find it. Um, yeah. And, and, and actually on the, on the app store on iOS, it, maybe this isn't related, but you know, that never stopped me before. I, um, I've actually been on a, uh, on an app diet. Um, I have been trying to delete, Um, as many apps from my phone as possible, and I always I'm always pretty tidy. Like I don't keep around apps that I don't think I'm going to use. But like, um, I've just been really like anything that I think is going to waste time. I've been trying to delete. I think I've talked about on the show before. Like I deleted Facebook like a long time ago. Um, my next thing is I just want to I just want to stop using it completely. And there's some things that I feel like I still have to use it for. Um, but you know, so I don't have that installed. I actually installed some of the news apps off my phone as well because um. You know, I just, again, it, it's, it's not necessarily like making me a better person or what is the, uh, Marie Kondo or whatever her name is. Does it bring
1: you joy? Does it bring me joy? <laughs> does
0: it spark joy? Right. So, <laughs> I, yeah. So in my case, I've, what I've been doing is I've, I've actually been asking myself, like, does this app like make me a better person? Well, really like that's the core question. So like, you know, I have been trying to learn Spanish. So I have like an app for that. I have, um, Um, and then I have like, you know, I have some productivity stuff on here. I do have Twitter on here just because I, I, I sort of feel like I still need that one. Um, and then most of the stuff I have on here is actually things to read around topics that I'm passionate about. So like different forums and things like that. I actually got, I got rid of Reddit off my phone. Um, but anyway, it's, I I know that's a little bit of a tangent, but like, it's just been something I've trying to be, been trying to be a little bit more thoughtful about, you know, cause I like a lot of people, you know, I get in a situation where I like have some extra time, right? I'm sitting waiting for somebody or whatever, right? You're just like stuck sitting somewhere. And I would, I would always, you know, open up um, something where, you know, it wouldn't necessarily make me a better person. And now I'm just trying to, I'm trying to use apps that that will increase my productivity or where I can get some work done or, or do something useful with my life, if that makes sense.
2: I love that. I think uh, more people should do that. On my phone, I'm, I'm just a weirdo. I don't have Facebook. I don't have anything on my phone either. And I pretty much have the Signal app. (laughs) <laughs> that's, that's, to talk to people, so I think I've gone too far wow. the extreme. Yeah, uh, where uh, I've just used my phone for for uh, texting and uh, and that's about it. So I think I think I'm a little too far on that. I need to put some more joy, spark some more joy in my life, but uh, <laughs> I don't think the joy will come um, yeah, from are, like Candy Crush or anything like that. Yeah.
0: Are you sending messages like What's going on in the world? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I have no idea.
2: Help me. <laughs> yeah.
0: <laughs> yeah, I just think there's like there's just like so much stuff going on and it's just there's just it's just too much. Like I just wanna focus on like work and like personal life and just myself, yeah. you know? So Well I
2: got well I got to the point where I had um all my work apps on my phone. Yeah. And I would go home and then I'd get a notification that an employee sent uh a you know, an email and being part of a global team, getting emails <laughs> at like midnight to 1am, I would want to answer them. And yeah. I, I noticed that it just started to uh, kind of get to me. Even when I had the notifications out, I would go and look at my phone. Uh, and so I was never able to shut down work. Yeah, And so I found that not having any work apps has, you know, actually helped me focus when I'm actually at work, uh, and then also have some sort of, you know, that fictional uh, work-life balance.
0: Yeah, yeah. During during my do not disturb hours or my sleep hours, I do not check any of those, and I have all the notifications turned off during that period. Um, I that is like my that is like my most strict rule because if you if you are doing that at one a.m. Uh, you were like damaged for the next couple hours because you think about it. You know, like we we all have similar personalities yeah. in that, right? Like our you you put a problem in front of our brains, and uh, you know they're going to be running at you know 100% CPU for the next three hours, and that's just there's there's no avoiding that. So I just don't do it.
2: <laughs> yeah, I need to, I need to, I need to start doing that because I read the news right when I wake up and right before I go to bed, and uh, I'm. It's harder to go to sleep now. (laughs) Yeah.
0: Yeah. Yeah, I think it's, yeah. Yeah. Anyway. So just trying to, you know, I I think there's small things that, that we can all do. So, you know, just some, some tips for our listeners there to give them some inspiration. Um, DNS servers that offer privacy and filtering.
1: Yeah. So I, I know that like a couple of years ago, Jason, like, we all talked about like what's like the fastest DNS servers, mm-hmm. and a lot of people know like Google has some ones you can use that are like 8888 and 8844. Um, I know recently like a lot of people are like, Oh, Cloudflare's Cloudflare's got some, and that's like 1111, and they've got yeah. like all these memorable ones. Um, but I was talking to somebody online, and they're like, There's a lot more that you can do with DNS and some, um, uh, additional benefits instead of just being fast. So, uh, Cisco and IBM have some, uh, so Cisco's is like 1111 and 1001, which all of these are kind of memorable. And, uh, IBM's is four nines. So 9999, which is kind of cool in the web world. Mm-hmm. Uh, but what some of these do is they do like some content filtering to prevent you from going to, uh, places that might be known bad or that, uh, consciously like uh you know do tracking and stuff like that um whoa that's awesome and then in in addition there's
0: other well, it, DNS- well hang on before, before you go on like i i just want this is the i did not understand this the first time i had looked over this article the fact that it, so normally what you have to do in these sites is you have to log in and say i don't want to get this type of content this is literally baked into the ip address like depending yep. on which ip you use is what gets filtered uh, for for your DNS, like that is mind blowing.
1: So you, yeah. So some of these like the, on the cloud flow and they can get privacy. So like anytime where there's like tracking things that are in there, they filter that out. Yeah, that is, that is super cool. The other thing that I
0: learned was, um, and, and this, I think was in one of the comments. This was also mind blowing, uh, open up your, uh, terminal or your command prompt and type ping 1.1. And that's how you can like you know test for internet connectivity, so basically I did not realize in an i p address that you could you could skip the zeros, so one dot one means one dot zero dot zero dot one
1: well, how does that like differentiate between like one dot zero dot zero dot one like it's showing and one dot one dot zero dot zero and like all those yeah. other permutations I don't know.
0: I'm just reading what it says, man. I have no idea. Why don't
2: you have this answer? (laughs) It
0: it must be because I guess that I guess that's like a it's like an IPv6 feature is like where. Well, I don't know. I don't know. It must. The rule must be that if it's in the middle, you can just get rid of it. So but you're right. What if you had? Yeah, you're right. What if you had one? Let's say let's say IP. I guess maybe it doesn't matter because IP addresses aren't longer. But what if they were like 100 characters and then you had like one and then you had two zeros and then a one and then three zeros? Then, yep. then yeah. I don't know. Maybe it's because there's only <laughs> there's only four se- segments and it only allows you to skip them if they're in the middle, which is like <laughs> not a very useful rule except in the case where you do ping <laughs> one dot one. <laughs> so I I don't know. And then why can't you just do ping one? You know? Like why don't they just map that to I don't know. I don't know. Uh you have reached the end of my
1: knowledge. Goodbye. <laughs> <laughs> uh, so you can do ping one and that does zero dot zero dot zero dot one. <laughs> Really? (laughs) (laughs) It it fails, but it tries.
0: (laughs) I'm sure, I'm sure there's an RFC spec that tells you all of the rules and 150 concise pages. Yeah. All
1: right. So, uh, going on. So there's, uh, Norton DNS that has, or Norton ConnectSafe DNS that has a bunch that are targeted for specific kinds of filtering. So they've got a a few that are going to block malicious and fraudulent sites. Mm -hmm. They have a different set of, um, IPs that you can use to block sexual content and some additional ones that'll just do general mature content of many types. So if this is something that you want to put, you know, in general on your house or your, your own devices or children's devices or whatever, uh, definitely check out the show notes and, and, and look at what these different options are. Mm-hmm. Uh, cause it's really cool what you can do, uh, with some of these DNS services.
0: Yeah, I mean, I was thinking about just setting up a separate VLAN for the kids, and then you could, you know, use a different set of uh, DNS resolvers for those devices. And actually, I I bet you in the Unify interface, I can probably do this on a on a per device level, which I think is pretty cool um, because there's really no like no overhead into this. I mean, it's just it's just doing a regular DNS lookup and blocking things. So that that is super cool. And and the other, I guess my the the tip that I would have here: there are applications where you can do uh, DNS performance tests for you. Um, So you download the application and it will basically like ping all these different services and it'll tell you which one is the fastest. So I recommend uh, checking out one of those if you're looking at performance.
1: Okay. Color fonts. What? Yeah. So this isn't just having like a font and being able to set it to like red or green or something like that. These are fonts that have the baked in understanding of having multiple colors as part of a single glyph. And they show some that are like, Almost like circus-like fonts that have like just many, just like sub-strokes in, in them and like have the top half be one color and the bottom half be different. Uh, there's another font here that I'm looking at that's like, you know, it's like a, a water brush where it kind of like changes gradiently, uh, with different effects in there. Like it's being like blending of different colors together and. This has been a part of the OpenType uh, specification for uh, different SVG and bitmaps um, to be included in there so you can get some of these just really interesting pi- picturesque um you know, effects in there. And they're kind of called, uh, color fonts, uh, looking into it, a lot of the modern browsers support it. So that'll be, um, like edge and Chrome and Firefox. They all support these, but there's a few different variants of these that they all kind of support a little bit differently, but, um, all the major OSs and all the major browsers support that. Um, also Adobe illustrator pretty much supports most of these, which makes sense since that's a text heavy, uh, graphical yeah. program. Um, and uh you know there are pros and cons to a, a, using a lot of these, but if you are you know building a modern website and you want to add some additional flair to it, uh, checking out some of these color font options uh, can really add a lot of uh uniqueness to your site well chrome does doesn't it only supports two of the formats.
0: Um, it has a smiley face with a tear by it. Whatever that means. Yeah. Um. <laughs> so it looks it like Chrome. It, it, yeah. Go ahead, it, Pam.
2: Yeah, it means it doesn't support SVG format.
0: Yeah. Oh, okay. But why does Internet Explorer? Why isn't that smiley face crying?
2: <laughs> uh- <laughs> it's just it's just a neutral smile oh, face. I'm too <laughs> old for emoji I, I think I think they just kind of give it up on internet explorer that's why the face is neutral like yeah we but, have no comment here
0: yeah no comment it's just we're sad but we're not gonna shed a tear like it's yeah. uh, we've shed too many tears already
2: yeah, it's no so more tears left
0: Okay. Well, remember this the previous great. episode? Uh, Internet Explorer is no longer a browser. Yeah, <laughs> it's a compatibility shim. giving me a headache. Um, so I'm trying to think of like, like this. This looks cool, but like, what am I actually going to use this for? And I think, I think, uh, the the biggest thing would be like typesetting, like you were talking about, um, which was like Illustrator. So if you're doing any kind of graphic design, then I would think this would be super useful because otherwise, you sort of have to like. I don't know how you did this in the past. I mean, you'd have to like take a font and apply it or you'd have to like sort of draw it or bring it in as like a separate thing. Um, so I, this seems like it'd be life changing for somebody who's doing graphic design work.
2: Yeah. They, it, yeah. It would definitely be useful for logos as well, uh, just because it nicely scales. So any logos that have multiple colors. Yeah.
0: Well, you could use you could use SVG for a logo today though, right? Like yeah. A,
2: you, you definitely can. Yeah. But.
0: Yeah. I would think if you had like a, if you had like a brand, like, you know, when I, when I worked at GE, we had the GE font. Um, so, you know, it could work like that. And then it could be characters for the logo that would make sense or a character, I guess. Cause it's all yeah. like one circle thing anyway. So that looks kind of cool. Uh, they already,
2: uh, they already have a unicorn font.
1: <laughs> oh yeah. I see that. <laughs> so, oh my God. So,
2: so, uh, that's going to definitely, uh, be on tons of websites. That uh,
1: I thought you were going to say personal emails.
2: <laughs>
0: oh yeah, <personal> <laughs> emails. <laughs> yeah. I'm totally switching from uh, Comic Sans to unicorn. <laughs>
2: yeah.
0: <laughs> uh, Comic Sans is out. Actually, some saw somebody using Comic. Actually, I've seen multiple people using Comic Sans on their phones. I don't know if it was ironically or not. Um. Okay. Um. Apple has a clever plan to fight off patent trolls. This was really interesting.
1: Yeah, I thought this was interesting, and you know. it, it in our field, uh, you know, people who have patents uh, but uh, can s- sell those to people who just want to have a collection of patents. And sometimes those people just buy patents so they can sue people uh, who are using those technologies. They don't have plans to actually implement those technologies themselves. Mm-hmm. Um, and a lot of times those uh, cases uh, are selected to go into a certain court in Texas – because there's a lot of favorability within that local judicial system to uh, operate favorably for those who happen to hold patents. Um but one thing that I wasn't really aware of is you know I thought that was just you could kind of you know coerce where it would end up but you apparently need a uh, a presence there for in in that area of Texas uh To actually have that lawsuit come up there. So, what Apple has done is uh, they had some Apple stores within that jurisdiction and uh, they closed them down so people can no longer sue them in that area that has a lot of um, prevalence to lean towards, uh, uh, you know, filing these kind of patent cases. And that's the hope that Apple will get, uh, you know, a more fair in Apple's favor um, by having it in a normal uh, court in other jurisdictions. So I, I thought this was really interesting in one that, you know, it, it is clever. It does kind of solve their issue uh, because as being as big as Apple is and have as much money as Apple is, they're a very large target uh, for anybody who's trying to make a quick dollar like patent trolls tend to do. Um, it's also interesting that they had to actually close down physical locations, and that they were able to do so.
2: Mm-hmm. Yeah, I just find this, you know, super crazy. That what is it? Forty percent of those the patent lawsuits go through that district of Texas, and to me, just having it so concentrated in that one area, and it's 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 interesting how Apple is is you know finding kind of a a loophole not to have to face you know those patent trolls.
0: Yep. Patent trolls suck. Okay.
2: Yeah, (laughs) we could all agree. Should we move
0: on? PowerShell can now install Xbox
1: One games. What? I know, right? Yeah. So, you know, it it looks like, you know, I'm going by this article on Threat.com that, uh, you know, Microsoft is making it available for uh, Xbox titles to be downloaded through the store onto PCs and make them uh, more uh, widely available to a broader ecosystem. As a part of this, Xbox kind of had its own uh uh packaging format and uh that packaging format is with as this is getting brought out to Windows as a whole, you can impla or you can install them with PowerShell now. So you can use your PowerShell scripts that you use to install other things, modify them slightly, and if you have the 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 Xbox one packages, you can uh, execute those with PowerShell and install them on your Windows 10 devices. Yep. And I just thought that was cool because in this article, it just go there and do a search on the page for uh PowerShell. And he's like, I never thought you'd be able to say this, but <laughs> <laughs> PowerShell could now install Xbox. Yeah.
0: Okay. Well, I don't have any other comments on that. So, um,
2: <laughs> <laughs>
0: <laughs> so Pam, <The> end. <laughs> yeah. so Pamela, you got some, uh, you got some cool stuff going on. So, Help me understand what's going on here, because I've heard IoT Deep Dive, IoT Show. What the heck is going on? What are you doing?
2: Yeah. what, what is What is this madness that you're working on? Yeah. <laughs> So, uh, for those who are not familiar of the IoT show. So Microsoft hosts a video series, uh, called IoT show. It's actually been around for last couple years. Uh, it started off. We were doing videos on maker projects, mm-hmm. uh, and showcasing all things IoT. And then the show got really popular and now to, it's, at the point where we release a new video every Monday, uh, and it's expanded to not only just showing demos, but also being the place to get the latest announcements on all things Microsoft IoT, but also industry related as well. Uh, So we bring in experts to come in and and talk about their projects, solutions, uh, showcase on how to work with, you know, Ross on Windows or uh, how to do some intelligent edge uh, scenarios as well. And so this is kind of, you know. One of our fan favorites shows on Channel 9 uh, at Microsoft. So one of the things we kept hearing from developers is, hey, you know, these are all snack bites of great announcements and tech demos, but we really want to see longer You know, shows about how to build these solutions, how to do something like, let's say when you think about DevOps and IoT solutions, how, how do, how do you get started there? Uh, how do you work with uh, Windows IoT and Azure IoT? How do you just build? A solution that focuses on asset tracking. So there was a lot of feedback from the community of having this. Uh, so what we've created is part of the IoT show, we created a new series. Uh, it's a live streaming series. And what we do every other Wednesday, we pick a different topic, we bring in a panel of experts. Uh, and we just Deep dive into that scenario. We ask, uh, we answer questions. (laughs) We don't, we don't ask questions. Uh, we answer those questions. Uh, and uh, we also go end to end and build a solution in front of you. Uh, so I, this has definitely been a, a really fun new series to get started with. Uh, we just released one last Wednesday. Carl helped out. So your celebrity, uh, <laughs> Carl <laughs> came on the chat, was answering community questions. Uh, that one was about PTC thing works and uh, working with Azure IoT. We had a, uh, AR, uh, example as well. So, you know, this is definitely a really f- you know, fun show hosted on YouTube live. Uh, and so I really recommend folks to check it out. Our next one.
0: Well, I was going to ask you, so the IOT show now, I, I think I was trying to figure these out in my brain before the show and I was failing. Yep. The the IOT show, was that that was the one that Olivier was hosting?
2: Yep. Okay. So Olivia. Yeah, go so ahead. I'm kind of Uh, the joke's been going around that Olivier is, uh, who's the host for all of the IoT show. Uh, he is going to be IoT show classic. And then now that I've joined his team, I'm going to be IoT school new school. Uh, so we kind of have this, (laughs) uh, you know, partner in crime, uh, growing this series out together. Um, and so we're. We'll have some friendly competition, <laughs> which he'll always win. He, has, he's, uh, he could go to the airport and people will recognize him. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> That's funny. So hopefully it doesn't go to his head.
1: Raygun provides full stack error, crash, and performance monitoring for tech teams. Whether you're a software engineer looking to diagnose and resolve issues with greater speed and accuracy, or you're just concerned you're losing customers to poor quality online experiences, Raygun can provide you with the answers. Get full-stack error and performance monitoring in one place. The next time you're struggling to replicate errors and performance issues in your codebase, think Raygun. Head over to Raygun.com. Get up and running within minutes. Dramatically improve the online experience of your users. So why did you guys choose to kind of put your podcast inside of his podcast instead of doing two separate things?
2: Yeah, it's, it's the same audience. So, uh, it's all meant for developers, architects, anyone actually building IoT solutions. Uh, so it's, since it was the same audience, it was just easier for us to integrate this all into the IoT show. Because uh, it's just a different type of format, just like we have videos that just dedicate to announcements that are hosted on IOT show, just like we have tech demos uh, and then customer and partner spotlight it's all under that umbrella of IOT show. Okay uh, But yeah, it is a you know with the deep dives, it's different because it's live. Uh, and none of the other videos are live. They're all recorded. So it is a, a different community of people uh, in a different format. But it's it's the people who tune in to those videos, hopefully tune in to the deep dives as well.
0: Is there an easy URL to get to all this stuff? Like, yeah, how do I find all this? I mean, I just searched for it and I found it. But is there an easy URL?
2: Yes. Uh, or m s. <laughs>
0: Yep, aka.ms, yep.
2: <laughs> IOT Show.
0: IOT Show.
2: And if you want to get Ah, to perfect, the, okay. If you want to see the upcoming deep dive, uh, is AKS, <laughs> I don't know why I keep saying AKS. Well, because AK- we have a service MS.
0: called AKS, so. Ah. <laughs> uh,
2: AKA.ms,
0: yep, slash what?
2: IOT Show slash deep dive. And that will take you to the upcoming uh, deep dive, which is location intelligence for- Transportation with Azure Maps. Uh, So we will actually be spending uh, 45 minutes building a solution using Azure Maps. And if you haven't played with Azure Maps, uh, I don't want to sound like a a product pitch. It's super (laughs) easy to get started. Mm -hmm. (laughs) So uh, we'll be answering a lot of of questions on that one. Yeah, do you guys... It
0: is. I I've used Azure Maps. It's very good. Um, what was the there was there was some cool stuff in there because it does like uh, like commercial routing and stuff like you can yeah. tell it I don't want to go on certain types of roads and um what what was amazing to me like Bing Maps uh, which still exists so I'm gonna bash an existing product so if anybody's listening for the group I'm sorry but yeah uh, Bing Maps Bing Maps is fine except like if you want to integrate it into your into your site or whatever. And, like, in a commercial sense, the billing is a pain. Like, it maybe, maybe it's gotten better, but like, when Carl and I wanted to use it for a project, like, we had to like call this dude up and be like, uh, how much is it? And he's like, (laughs) oh, it's $3,000 for this. And it's like, okay, I'll take one. Um, it was really weird. Whereas Azure Maps, like, it's just part of Azure, right? You just like, you say, give me a map service, and then you get a ton of free, uh, free requests with it. Um, so I mean, it's like, you be, most people don't even have to pay for it, <laughs> so it's amazing.
2: And, yeah, and you know they just released a bunch of new features from geofencing, fencing, uh, spatial operations, uh, geolocation service. So there's they're constantly growing this team to support this this series of products. Okay, and I, I a, sound like I'm in marketing now. I'm sorry. No, I know.
0: <laughs> <Sorry>. <laughs> I know we have the same problem sometimes. But so it says live in six days. So this was not recorded
2: yet. Uh, so March 6th is when we're going to be hosting the live event. So please join in March 6th at 9 a.m. Pacific time.
1: Okay. So if I'm busy during this time, did I just totally miss out on some awesome stuff or... Uh, what yes. There?
2: <laughs> Just you, Carl. Drop That's what you. you're doing. <laughs> Drop everything. <laughs> no, uh, we actually, uh, record all of this. So we'll live in that same link. Uh, but what happens is, is we translate it to, uh, 14 different languages with the subtitles. Uh, cause we, we do. It's interesting with the PTC one that we just did, we had people from India, we had people from um, Europe, like all over the world who tune into that one. And I did I did feel bad for certain people because I knew that it was like, you know, 1 to 2 a.m. their time. Um, and so we're, we are looking in the future of maybe uh, hosting these in the afternoons and like alternating time. But right now we're starting off at a 9 a.m. Pacific time because uh, that's how I can get most people to the office at that time but uh but yeah no they're pre-recorded or they'll be uh, hosted hosted after the event for anyone to view
0: because yeah Asia will be asleep at that time Mm
2: -hmm.
0: so um but yeah so that's pretty cool like I I, you know I this is the kind of I usually watch after the fact but I did notice whenever I did tune in live to the to the last one like there was a lot of good conversation so I I think there there is some motivation to watch live as well
2: Yeah. And I think the biggest thing is that, you know, there's when I was working in the, uh, at Microsoft, the commercial software engineering team, and I was building solutions with partners and customers. All I wanted was more material on like, what is the best practices, patterns? And that was the comment I would get all the time from folks. So I do think there's definitely people are hungry for this information. Uh, yeah. And I'm always encouraging people to submit ideas. So Carl, Jason. Uh, your guys' <laughs> community, <laughs> let me know what uh, you want us to deep dive on. If you want us to deep dive on scaling, uh, you know, with uh, IoT Edge or anything else. Uh- I-
0: yeah. On scaling all the things, honestly, like yes.
2: Yes.
0: <laughs> that, that, that that would be one of my biggest suggestions. Like I, you know, the IOT projects that I've been involved in, Carl knows way more about this than I do, but like you, whenever you start getting into like crazy high scale through like IOT hub or something, you know, you start running into bottlenecks around like stream analytics yeah. or whatever the thing may be on the back, or or maybe you're using like SQL server and like, that's going to fall down. Um, so just like yeah. How do you, how do you build something that supports crazy scale? Not yep. that, not that everybody has to do that, but I think it's interesting to have a discussion around like here is an architecture that will scale to, I don't know, a million events per second, a billion s- events per second. Um, and then, and then you can I think it helps people, even if they're not at crazy scale. Like you don't want to prematurely optimize, but they might do if they have a, a zero cost choice up front, like should I use technology A or technology B, technology B might scale more and they're gonna say, I'll just start with that one.
2: Exactly. You know, there's especially a while ago, IoT people were building all these solutions and they were building it off of the these proof of concepts that were you know, they were testing it with like 10 devices. Yeah. And then they're like, Oh, it's okay. Now we're ready to send this off to, you know, a system integrator or someone else to to scale this out, this uh, proof of concept, and uh, people are just getting stuck. Uh, so now with this product and services, we make it a lot easier to scale out. Um, but yes, it's still really important when you're planning solutions to architect it right um, and think about that scale and, and also security.
0: Yeah. Yeah, the S word.
2: Yeah. Uh, <laughs> I do a security at the end of the sentence and then I did it continue yeah, talking. That because was... I was like, oh, that's a whole new podcast. And I'm way too passionate about security for me to continue the sentence.
0: No, the the reason why I think that's really funny is whenever whenever I do talk about IoT, I'm like always be wary of somebody who mentions security at the end. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but I I know that you are very security. And the funny thing is I'm I'm not the one that's really like security conscious. Like I want it I want it to be security. Secure, but I don't want to have to worry about it. So, uh, but I'm glad that uh, that you put a lot of thought into that. But yeah, I think scale, yeah, security could be an entirely uh, separate episode. 100%. Like, what do you need to worry about? What don't you need to worry about? And I actually find it fascinating. Like, Clemens Vaster is a couple of years ago, he had done a presentation on that. Um, on making applications uh, secure, and then uh, we also have—I think it's like the seven principles of a highly secure system. Yeah. Um, like man, there's there's just a there's a lot of cool stuff in security actually. Exactly. So you said so. How many shows have you had so far? Just the one with just PTC? the one.
2: Just the one. We we just launched this new series within IoT Show. Uh, IoT Show has about over a hundred and twenty episodes already okay uh and so we're just uh going bi-weekly for these deep dives uh every other wednesday so I'm, I'm pretty excited about it
0: yeah that is pretty cool um what else did we want to talk about around the show um because i you already because you did talk about what was on each type of show and you said so bo- both formats are are going to continue to live on going forward right yep okay and that-
2: and we're always listening to the, you know, uh, people who watch the show. So mm-hmm. if there's any suggestions on, hey, I want to see more of this, definitely tweet at us. Uh, you know, I think that's the easiest way because Olivier and myself, we live on Twitter. Uh, yeah. And so <laughs> you could just, you know, hashtag IoT show. You could actually at me at hello underscore techie uh, at, on Twitter.
0: Yeah. Copy my name because I'm why techie. Yes. Yeah. Oh
2: God. Oh, yeah. Why techie? <laughs> just just the techie family. Can you
0: just copy all of us? <laughs> yeah. Uh great minds think alike, right?
2: Yeah.
0: <laughs> so so you have the upcoming show on Azure Maps. Um are there are there others that you have planned?
2: Yeah, I actually have the next three to four months planned. Whoa. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I know, shocking. Yeah. <laughs> uh, so we have, uh, a series of, of a couple episodes for Deep Dive that's going to focus on intelligent edge. Uh, and then, uh, one that's going to focus on building edge solutions. We actually have a lot of people who just want to work with IoT edge and, uh, just do connectivity with it. Uh, because a lot of people are talking about, you know, how did you do ML on the edge? But I think a lot of people right now are just at how do you work with edge devices? Mm-hmm. Um, and get that connected to the cloud and, and do device management appropriately. And so people are at that stage. Mm-hmm. Um, but we, we still want to showcase our initial thinkings of how to do ML on the edge, how to do custom vision, what are the different options you can do, um, and different services. We'll also have one for upcoming features. So I, I can't actually say what those features are, because they're going to be announced uh, in a couple months. So uh, right when you hear that announcement, we'll have a, a deep dive on it, which is really nice uh, for you to be able to actually see how to work with it right when you get your hands on it. Uh, we also have DevOps. Uh, DevOps is something, mm, it's a hot, topic. hot topic.
0: Yep. <laughs> it's
2: a very hot topic. Even the word DevOps is a hot topic.
0: <laughs> yeah. So I
2: thought, uh, I thought
0: we totally turned that into a service. You just use Azure DevOps now.
2: <laughs> yeah. And then you're done. <laughs> DevOps
0: as a service.
2: devops as a service (laughs) completely done uh (laughs) and so uh we might even have to change the title on that because devops you know it's even internally we have uh um, hot debates about it Mm. uh so there's definitely going to be a series or uh, a couple videos about devops and then tooling uh if any of you guys Uh, Are you aware, we released a lot of new tooling features within Visual Studio Code, Visual Studio itself, and um, uh, some nice tooling for developers to get started with, but also, you know, help uh, with building their solutions. So I don't think there's a lot of people aware of it. uh, And then the people who are aware of it are like, why haven't you told me there was an IoT Hub extension and VS Code? This just makes life so much easier oh
0: it's like life-changing because I, I know i was trying to do something and i was following like this 50 step thing and then it you know i don't know if it was you or somebody else are like install this extension and then you like push one button and it just yes. everything happens you <laughs> see like, all, That's all your how devi- it's supposed to
2: work yes you see all of your devices you see uh iot edge uh, as well devices which is amazing uh, and that Last deep dive, I got way too excited, uh, when there was a mention of VS Code and I interrupted uh, one of the speakers and I was like, have you heard that there's this ex- extension <laughs> on VS Code? And if you haven't been working with VS Code, uh, Visual Studio Code, download it now because it's, it's became my favorite IDE to work with, mm-hmm. uh, especially since I work, you know, on, on a Mac and then, uh, you know, work with Linux and Windows. Uh, just having that lightweight IDE, it's just been amazing.
0: Yep. I'm going to be shipping a VS Code extension pretty soon.
2: Ooh, so nice. I will have to
0: let you know about that when that comes out. Yes. <laughs> but anyway, on the topic of uh, IoT Edge, a cool scenario, I, I can't really share a lot of detail, but uh, we were working with a partner who, um, you know, they deployed uh, IoT Edge to a whole bunch of different locations. And what was what was kind of uh, neat about it was that they they wanted to basically deploy an additional piece of functionality. And as you know, the IoT Edge uses containers for the deployment. And it was just really cool because we were able to package up that functionality into another Docker container and then just ship it on the existing Edge. And I know it sounds like a trivial thing, like you can always just, you know, you Wow, computers can run two programs these days, but like the the fact that 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 you could just test it and package it up locally and then deploy it to the edge and have it run essentially in the same way, um I thought was really fantastic. It was able to you know basically leverage the existing assets and deployments that they already had. um so that was really cool. and then being able to you know essentially deploy that container through the cloud and have it get out to all those edge locations such a such a cool uh, product.
2: Yeah, and we just, you know, uh, we have a lot of documentation. I don't know if viewers missed it uh, about managing Azure IoT Edge deployments with Kubernetes and that support there too. So a lot of people really like that.
0: Yeah.
1: So if we want to be reminded about these live uh, broadcasts, is there a mechanism that you have in place to remind us that it's every other Wednesday at 9 a.m. Pacific time?
2: Uh, right now, what we have is when you go to the YouTube page, there is a way for you to set a reminder, uh, but we're really conscious that, you know, there's certain places uh certain countries where they actually can't access YouTube. So we're working on a page right now where uh, you could download a calendar invite. Um, and then we're going to try streaming on Twitch as well. So we're, we're working on more things for more people to be able to join live. Uh, but Look for a page in the future (laughs) off of that vanity link that I gave you guys uh, that you'll be able to download uh, a calendar invite to set as a reminder.
1: Well, it sounds like you guys are doing a lot to make sure that this video content is pretty inclusive to a large group of people, because I think you also said that you're getting it translated into 16 different languages.
2: Yeah, 14 different languages. Uh, yeah, it's, I think it's ex- extremely important because we want to empower everyone. You know, I, one of the things that I'm pushing for is that with these, you know, the, the live streaming, we don't have subtitles during live and it really bugs me. It bugs me a lot because I want to make sure that anyone um, can be able to follow these live, so it's, it's something that you know I'm pushing really hard because uh, it's one thing to have the subtitles after it's recorded, but if you're someone who wants to join in and um, hard of hearing, uh you know, I'm I'm definitely pushing to to make that change. You know, uh, teams does that now.
0: I- I don't, I don't think you can really like integrate that into what you're doing, but um, I just noticed, and hopefully I don't have some pre-release build and I'm not like pre-announcing something, but I just noticed in teams that this button, it said, you know, turn on subtitles. I turned it on and yeah, I turned it on. And like, as I was talking, it was, it was captioning me.
2: Oh my gosh. I'm going to check that out. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. We, I have no idea if that's uh, public or not. Yeah. I'm glad you said it.
0: (laughs) I'm just used to getting in trouble. (laughs) HR calls me, Jason, it happened again.
2: This is how you you get all your viewership. You (laughs) you are the leak.
0: All the secrets here. Yep. (laughs) We just, the MS dev show, the show where you, we don't even know what we're leaking.
2: (laughs) (laughs) I love that. Love that catch line. Yeah. Okay.
0: Um, anything else you wanted to mention about the show? I guess everybody should go watch it.
2: Yes. Yes. Everyone should go watch it. Give us feedback. Uh, you know, I think the biggest feedback from the last show was we wanted to be even more technical. Uh, and you always try to find that balance of, you know, being at a level where you could give that overview, but then you could deep dive. But, uh, most people are like, it's called deep dive. You could, don't worry about those other people just deep dive into the content. Uh, so we're trying to find that balance, but, um, we're going to make sure that it stays level 300. And for folks uh, who aren't familiar with that term, because I don't know if level 300, I, if everyone's familiar with, it's uh, it's uh, more than overview is actually, you know, you're really seeing technical uh, how-to uh, information.
0: So it'd be like if we had like beginner, intermediate, advanced, and expert. So it'd be like advanced or above, right?
2: I would say it'd be, you know, the, the middle and, and, uh, um, so intermediate. Advanced. Yep. Intermediate and. Okay. And advance. Yep.
0: Okay. So if you're intermediate in area, level yeah. or above, there we go.
2: Yep. <laughs>
0: Perfect. Then check it out. <laughs> yeah. Actually, everybody should check it out, but, uh, yeah, yeah. <laughs> but I think, <laughs> that's yeah, there's there some what foundational. I <laughs> yeah. There's some foundational knowledge it would be useful to have, but it's, it's best to just dive in. Well, the
2: good thing is we have shorter videos for people who are just mm. at that, you know, just wanting to hear the latest announcements. We have those videos, uh, set up beforehand. So we have tons of videos about Azure Maps and some tech demos. This is the next step, um, after viewing, you know, those snack bite videos, uh, that are about level 100, 200 beginners. Uh, and once they've already heard that information, know what it's about, they can jump into these deep dives.
0: Okay. Very yeah. cool.
2: Yes. But yes. thank you so much for uh, uh, having me having me on the show. You two are always been my, been my favorites at Microsoft.
0: <laughs> yeah. Well, of course. Um, so You're
2: like, well, yeah. <laughs> That's <okay>. obvious.
0: <laughs> oh, thank you so much. Uh, likewise.
1: Carl, uh, what do you have for the dev tip of the week? Yeah. So I found this website called com. So SVGs and they have these totally awesome, well stretched SVG backgrounds that you can use. And, you know, that's not entirely like dev tippy, but, uh, if you clicked on the link, Jason, you see there's like 20 different backgrounds. If you click on them, you can actually customize uh, what they have. You can kind of scale them big and small. You can adjust the, the colors the and, opa- mm. and the opacities on there. So you could have like a like this translucent red taco flying over this <laughs> other background that you have. Sounds good to me.
2: That sounds important.
1: Yeah, yeah, and they have other ones and some of them are fun, um, but it's cool. These are free. They're uh, Creative Commons and they give you the CSS. So once you're done like tweaking the colors and scale and stuff, it gives you all the CSS with the embedded SVG in there as well as even the little comment in there, which will make it Creative Commons attribution uh, appropriate. So it it embeds the license you need to continue to use it for free. Oh, that's cool. So my new
0: Chrome extension called Taco All the Things, yes. uh, this, is, this is exactly I what I was
2: missing. <laughs>
0: <laughs> <laughs> uh, very that, cool.
2: That's why I said it. It sounds important.
0: <laughs> yeah, exactly. And then, Carl, you have a question of the week. Uh, uh, we
1: haven't played the game in a while, but you have a question. Yeah. Yeah. So, uh, Pamela, if you've listened to the uh, show historically, we always ask our guests uh, ridiculously important questions. And this one is, would you rather get sh- gum stuck in your hair or hair stuck in your gum?
2: Ooh, um.
1: <laughs> <laughs> what, do, I, do I, Can I just throw
0: the gum away then? Like,
2: <laughs> it, I mean, there's a lot of follow up questions I have. Um, yeah, go and ahead. I'll try, I'll try to keep it short. But where would the gum fall in my hair? Because my hair, I have super long hair. And so, if it's at the bottom, I could easily just cut an inch off of my hair and have that gum gum gone.
1: Yeah. Uh, so I actually got this from a book, and in the book they have pictures, so they show it <laughs> like like <laughs> okay, just off of dead center on the top of your head. Oh. And yeah. and, and where was no. where did the hair come from that's in the gum? It, it doesn't say, but it's unspecified. Yeah, it's, it's it's unspecified hair in your gum, and I have to chew oh. it. I, which Wait, which yeah. is worse getting gum stuck in your hair or finding hair in your, stuck in your gum. So, Oh, so you're already chewing it. Okay. Oh. You're already chewing Just, it and somehow yeah. hair got in there.
0: Okay. Okay. Wow. Any other questions, Pamela?
2: <laughs> Ooh. You know, I was really actually, that changes everything because I didn't know it was someone else's hair. Um, so that does change everything. I, uh, it's I prefer... It's Carl's hair. I prefer having that. <laughs> it's
0: Carl's. We Carl's call doesn't this- have... No, we, we call that personalized. We, <laughs> we,
2: we, yeah. we,
0: we call this part of the show "Regret."
2: Yeah. <laughs> uh I bet I'm going to have to go with I would rather have the gum stuck to my hair, because if anything happens, I can always wear a wig, but I can never get over the germs that happen with this unknown hair yeah. that was in. Yeah, in that gum.: is, so. is, there,
0: is there some trick that actually works for getting gum out? Like can, I've heard of like ice.
1: I, I've heard peanut butter.
0: Peanut butter.
2: Yeah, <laughs> yeah I've heard ice.
0: Pam, would you rather have <laughs> gum in peanut your hair or, or peanut butter and ice? <laughs> <laughs> well,
2: at least, a, at least a peanut butter might make my hair shiny or something.
0: Oh, you know? yeah. Isn't that like a thing? Like toothpaste and like peanut like butter, I'm sure, are a thing. Like they clean everything. and shine everything. Yeah,
2: Everything. Eggs, <laughs> mayonnaise, autocono. Oh, yeah. Yeah anything it's it's crazy like especially i think even more with like youtube uh uh you know bloggers uh, v bloggers uh that are all about beauty like the stuff that i see on youtube i'm like oh my god (laughs) the advice that they have on how to make hair mask um i want to try them but uh I didn't wow. see peanut butter,
0: and and I then you. I, oh, this is uh, I don't know. I just keep going on tangents, but this is one where <laughs> my my wife does that, right? It's like she she looks at she looks at one of these people, and she's like, "Well, she looks good for her age, you know." And she smeared peanut butter in her eyes or something, and I'm like, <laughs> "The sci- the scientist in me is like, yeah, but like she didn't build a time machine and go back and like try something totally different. Like there's no this is not a side by side thing, like." It doesn't. Yeah. It's not causation.
2: <laughs> and I, yeah, it's it's really deceiving. It's definitely deceiving. I'll I'll watch a video that pops up on my recommendation, and uh, the person would be like, you know, my uh, my uh, routine skin routine, and at the end of it, they have spent like two thousand dollars on products <laughs> or more, <laughs> and it's like twelve different products that they're smearing on their face. Yeah, and I'm, I'm like, I don't think any of this is you know helpful unless you, you want to spend that type of money, but, uh,
0: yeah, well, marketing is is pretty happy with themselves. I'm sure.
2: Oh yeah. A (laughs) hundred percent.
0: (laughs) Anyway, that was a weird tangent. So
2: super, super (laughs) important technical news.
0: (laughs) Yeah. So, uh, so where can people find you? You mentioned your Twitter earlier, which was what? Hello underscore techie.
2: Yes. Uh, and techie is with IE. Okay. And it, definitely don't miss that underscore. I've been trying to get the hello techie one word for probably the last like five to seven years because someone's just sitting on it oh, on yeah, they Twitter. Tweeted.
0: Oh, they, and I like this one follower. Yeah. Uh, I mean, Or it says one follower, you know, and it's you. (laughs) It's me. You're you're stalking them.
2: I'm stalking them, hoping they'll follow me back so I can ask them to change their handle. (laughs) Because everything else, if you want to find me on GitHub, you want to see my projects on GitHub, um, I post Uh, like electronic badges and things like that. It's one word. Uh, All my other profiles. But it's just Twitter.
0: (laughs) Okay. Well, we got it straight. Okay. Twitter has an underscore. Everywhere else does not. Yep perfect uh and then carl where can people find you
1: you can find me on twitter at carl schweitzer
0: and you can find me on twitter at twitter.com slash ytechie no underscore so pamela (laughs) thank you so much for coming on here and talking to us about your very cool new show and all of the stuff that's uh that's going on in engineering
2: thanks guys
0: Yeah, and even mentions here. Oh yeah, hosted by Pamela Cortez.
2: <laughs> you notice it says Pamela, not Pam.
0: <laughs> yes. I do you get mad every time I say Pam?
2: I cringe just a little bit. I'm sorry. Just a little bit. I'm sorry. Oh no. You don't have to say sorry. I'll just double over. To it. Say sorry.
0: I'll be I'm gonna record Pamela. <laughs> Pamela. Today we have Pamela Cortez. <laughs> hey Pamela. <laughs>
2: Oh, my God. Uh, That'd be hilarious. I didn't know. I didn't know. I'm sorry. Don't don't do that.
0: (laughs) Don't do that. (laughs) Don't don't make people look at it. Don't bring attention to it. (laughs) I'm I'm sorry. I didn't know that.
2: Oh, no. Sorry. I was just uh, I was joking with you guys.
0: Yeah. You've never you've never said anything to me.
2: I know. I know. Until until afterwards. Now that it's recorded.
0: If you don't call me out of my bullshit, it just gets worse. (laughs)
2: <laughs> yeah i was right I was, carl <laughs> actually
0: if you ignore it it gets worse <laughs> yeah it, it just, just gets like, worse <laughs> no matter
2: what oh my gosh okay well i'll keep that in mind <laughs> it's, now you're gonna really uh anytime you say uh pam you're gonna Really announce
0: Pam. <laughs> hey, wait a second. Wait, 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 wait. Let's back <laughs> this truck up. Cause I you know, this memory spontaneously came back. You called me like Justin for like a year.
2: <gasps> I know <laughs>
0: <laughs> you have no room to talk, Pam. <laughs>